as usual, the help we get from ASE certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll keep it running for sure. Good morning. Hi, Dan. Good to see you again. Good morning. We missed you last week. We had the chance to work with our friend Nick. Oh, yeah. Back to the 50s. I at, actually, yeah. I was in town and I actually listened. So it was, you actually it was did. fun. Yeah. I, I, have, I told them I, I, I have heard him, but but not much. And so it was fun to, fun to listen to the well, whole show. I remember you and I have done this show from the fair. I remember one year when it was about a million degrees uh, and we were in a trail like a... Uh, do you call those uh, a, yeah. a, a trailer? A trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With no AC, a stream, a streamline. A, a stri- yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, those real nice. Right. Uh, yeah. But there was no AC in it. it right. Was, it was uh, kind that of that was actually a back to the that wasn't the fair that was back to the fifties. It was indeed. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, we had beautiful cars. It was fun to watch uh, to take a look at and big crowds. I had no idea it was that popular. I mean, I had some idea, but yeah. it was almost when I left to come back here. It was almost as busy as the state fair. I mean, yeah. with the traffic coming right. in. Well, Huge. And of course, everybody that's there has a car. I mean, yeah, every, that's true. I mean, that's what the show is. So yeah. it's all of that traffic plus all of us that are out there to that's see right. it. That's so right. Yeah. It, it does make for a big crowd, that's for sure. It's a good time. Uh, if you have any kind of a car, truck, van issue, and you have to bring it in to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, you want to get some advice from Dan, call us or text us. It's the same number, by the way, 651-989-9226. Text again, 651-989-9226. And keep in mind, Dan will be here for about another half hour until Jack Farrell's wine chat. So don't wait. If you have a question, by all means, call Dan or send Dan a text, and uh, and we'll help you out. Again, the same number. Uh, so uh, call it in or text it in. I'm going to uh, check out a uh, text that came in early uh, today, Dan. It's about uh, timing belts. Oh. Okay? Uh-huh. Uh, let me let me kind of go through it here. Uh, Texas says the average from the manufacturer, the average lifespan they say of a timing belt is between sixty thousand and one hundred five thousand miles, or after seven to ten years, regardless of mileage. Now, this texter says uh, he or she does not drive that much. Uh, they say I'm barely driving a thousand miles a year. I hit uh, twenty five thousand miles this year. By the way, it's a Hyundai Sonata. A 2011 that he or she purchased in 2010. Uh, what do you think the story is? If if somebody doesn't drive that much, and they're looking in the book and it says, "Hey, at 30,000 miles, you got to change your timing belt," yeah. and you've only got not even that on it. Well, I'm more concerned with the mileage, but the texture is right in that uh, age is hard on rubber, and you know, timing belts, of course, are a rubber, a drive belt, so. Uh, one thing that, that I recommend and one thing that I do when I'm checking cars is I keep an eye on the serpentine belt, which you can actually see. And what does that do? Well, they're the same time. The serpentine oh, oh. belt is the one that drives all of the external components, the alternator and the air conditioning compressor and the drive belt you know, sure. that, that, that we're all used to seeing. And it's spinning out on the very front of the engine, and you can actually see that one. And so if you keep, you know, and they're both the same age, they've got the same mileage on them. And so I keep an eye on the serpentine belt. If I start to see some cracks in the serpentine belt due to age, then it's also time to do the uh-huh. timing belt. So I think that's that... one, of, one of the things that you can watch. But, but they're right. Uh, time is hard on it. But for me, uh, mileage is more important. More important. So I would... Time. Maybe in that case, split the difference, you know, something like that. Let the let the time go a little longer, 
uh, but certainly do it long before. But don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Do it long before you get to 100,000 miles because you'll never get to 100,000 miles, and it probably needs to be changed. I think when with a uh, time years ago, I had an older vehicle, and I was on 494. In fact, I was heading here, I think. And all of a sudden, the power steering I had no power steering, mm-hmm. and I had to pull off to the side, and I think that's what you told me. Is that Does that also drive that, That's too? the serpentine. There you yeah, go. That's the one I'm talking yeah. about. So, yeah. It called, and, it's called get a toe to dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, a lot of times you, you mean You can than, still drive yeah, it, but it's— steering, uh, But you could—a uh, lot of times you could drive it if it doesn't drive the water pump. But, but you know, the, the, the downside of putting it off is a bummer because— uh, on many cars nowadays, we call we call them interference motors. The um, piston will actually come up if the time if the if the timing belt breaks. Yeah. Then of course the timing between the engine and the cylinder head is going to be wrong, and in many cases the piston will come up and make contact with the valves and bend the valves, and then, in essence, then you're you're, in you've ruined the engine. That's it. Uh, or, or at least you've done some very, yeah. very expensive damage to the engine. So uh, while replacing a timing belt is expensive, it's not as nearly as expensive yeah. as not changing the it. The alternative, trouble. yeah. yeah. So. All right, 651-989-9226. Uh, thank you, Texter. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Bruce is calling, I believe, from uh, Bloomington. Bruce, you're on with Dan. Good morning. Well, good morning. See, uh, Dan, see, I've got a, a a problem that happened all of a sudden on my 2011 uh, Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Uh, I got in the car, wanted to hear the end of the Twins game, and there was just a tremendous amount of static. And uh, so I pushed the selector button for the radio, and the XM radio commercial came on and that was the only audio I could get. I pushed the radio button and nothing and uh, I tried to uh, push the setup button and well anyway so it sounds like the radio system and the sound system on the car is fouled up. Uh, So Later on, I, I hit the reset, uh, use the reset on the uh, audio, and the list of channels came up on the screen, but there was no uh, audio. All right, let's see what Dan yeah. I, that, That's a tough one. Well, I, I, I'm concerned that it's the radio itself. Yeah. Um, my first thought was that the the antenna for AM radio, especially, and the XM satellite radio, are two different things, and I, and I think they are. Um, and if if that's the case, you could have an antenna problem. But the fact that you get no audio at all, uh, especially in, in FM, you know, FM will come in most of the time yeah. without an antenna at all. So I'm concerned that the problem is actually in the radio Excel itself, and and on that uh, Genesis, I have that an idea that's a really big deal. So mm-hmm. uh, sorry to tell you that, but I, but I think that you're going to find that something has gone amiss in that radio system, and and it's going to need some significant attention. So bring it in, bring it in, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> save. Sorry, <up>. Bruce. <laughs>
I think you're right about the antenna, though. It's yeah. a separate issue with yeah. the with satellite. Right. All right. Uh, thanks, Bruce. Dwayne is calling from Amory, Wisconsin, uh, this morning with a question. Uh, go ahead, Dwayne. Thank you. You're on CCO. Yeah, I've got a 2004 Dodge Durango, and it's got a brand new battery. Probably, I think it was about August. If that vehicle is not started every day, it has to be jumped or put on a battery charger. Mm-hmm. And I can't figure out what, you know, it starts real real quick then. Yeah. Well, we, uh, <clears throat> I certainly have a test for that. We we deal with that all the time. First thing I would do, though, is be sure that you got a good battery. Because if, if you got a battery that, <clears throat> a defective battery, which, you know, happens from time to time, uh, that certainly would cause your problem, and one of the things that you would do is is keep put a battery charger on it, get the battery uh, fully charged in your opinion, and then take it in and have it load tested. And uh, any shop in town would be able to quickly do that and gladly do that for you, and tell you the condition of the battery. If at that point the battery tests good, then what's happening is when you're parking the car, uh, everything is supposed to turn off the the. All the computers and everything are supposed to time out over a period of time. And then uh, all of the draws are supposed to go away. And if they do not, then, of course, as the car sits overnight, it continues to draw the battery down to the point where the battery goes dead. We have a test for that. It's an inline test. We can measure how many amps are coming out of the battery when the car is sitting. And it should be very near zero. It should be almost nothing coming out of the battery when the car is sitting. And if if that's not happening, then what we do is start isolating circuits by <clears throat> pulling fuses one at a time and decide. And when you pull out the right fuse, the draw will go away. We'll know that. And then now we can start our investigative work. Uh, what components are on that circuit and then zero in on, on what might be staying on causing the trouble. For example, I mean, common things that we find, well, first of all, an interior light. Mm-hmm. And you've left an sure. interior light on somewhere that you're not aware of. Uh, you know, the trunk lid isn't closing tight or, and a trunk light stays on or a glove box light is staying on, uh, things like that. <clears throat> but more complicated things would be like if a computer system uh, that is supposed to shut down and if and the computer is not shutting down. Mm-hmm. Then it gets pretty complicated, but at any rate, that's that's the process. That's what we do, and uh, it sounds like that's maybe what you have going on. All right. There you go, Dwayne. Uh, we have to take a quick break. We have more show to come. Keep in mind, Dan will be here till uh, just about 745, so if you have a car care kind of question, call it in or text it in before Dan takes his leave. 651-989-9226. Same number for the text, so call in your question or text it in, and we'll grab them as we move through this morning. And a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. If you need to find these great guys there, you are located exactly where? We are exactly at 982 Grand Avenue, right in the the heart of Grand Avenue in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call. I think, I'm sure Nick is there this morning, actually, at... 651-228-1316. 651-228-1316. Very good. And Dan will be here for, uh, well, about another 15, 20 minutes or so. If you have a car care question, don't wait. Call it in or text it in, 
989-9226. Always like to visit. Not only is it fun going to Lloyd's, but there, I was just thinking about that great Grand Avenue. I mean, you have not only a lot of shops there, but it's not like a mall, nothing against malls, but it's like a neighborhood it with is. nice shops, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I've noticed that's kind of the up-and-coming way that, Things the things that are attractive to us at, and to people is you know I've noticed Grand Avenue, fiftieth in France. Yeah, you know oh, the, good, good. The, the Grand in yeah. St. Louis Park, and they're open air and and uh, you know being developed and seems to be the way to go. Yeah, it's popular people and everybody wants to live there. I'm glad you brought that up because those areas are great too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, if you I was looking at a text message. Uh, well, here's a couple of them here. By the way, call it in or text it in before Dan leaves us. Uh, Texter wants to know, are there any warning signs when a transmission might be going? Um, if it's still pulling itself, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> For starters. Of course, the, the worst warning sign is it won't go anymore. But, uh, yes, I mean, there's there's uh, warning signs like is, is the shift timing changing? Is the, is the you know In other words, it's not shifting when it's supposed to. Is the quality of the shift changing? If uh, if when the car shifts, it hits real hard <clears throat> into the gear, uh, that those sorts of things are things to warn about. Or will it not get into a gear? You know, is it will it only go maybe one, two, two, three, and then not shift any any higher than that? Those types of things. If it's starting out in the wrong gear, if it's supposed to go down into the low gear and it's not, ah. you can tell that you know it's. That it's not as snappy as it was. Uh, those are the things that you should look. Do you for. see a lot of transmission problems these over the years? I mean, is it is it still occurring? It would seem to me there's so many vehicles that are well that run a long time without a, a bothersome they transmission do. problem. It, yeah, well, and that's why they're able to give these long warranties because they're uh, they're easy to warranty because they don't fail very often. Yeah, but, you know when they do, <clears throat> most often it's it's a bad deal. I mean, usually it's it's uh, it's replacing it. We don't. Uh, rebuild transmissions much anymore, uh, just because there's so many of them, and and you know the you just you you can't get them really, yeah, and, or you can't, you know you can't get the the kits to rebuild them and so forth. So we uh, we just replace them with uh, most often uh, manufacturer rebuilds. All right, hang on, Dan. We have to take a look at our forecast uh, coming up, <laughs> but we have more show to come. Dan will be here till about seven forty-five. So call in your car care question or send a text. Same number six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to this uh, final few minutes of our car care show. Denny, along with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, we have callers, we have texters. Dan, let's see if we can't uh, help folks out. Let's see. Skip is uh, first up here. Skip, go ahead with uh, your question. You are on CCO with Dan. Skip. Hi, Dan. Uh, question: I've got a Jeep, two thousand six Grand Cherokee, small V eight. I get a check engine light that comes on. They, when they scope it or they put the plug into it, it says uh, random miss. Then when you drive it, they reset it. You'll drive it a while, and it'll come back up after after you drive it. It warms up when you go back into it. If if you park, go drive it ten minutes, it'll come back on. Then it'll it'll flush out and it comes back on. Any ideas? Is a bad. We missed that last yeah. part there. <clears throat> he was going to say, "Is it a bad ignition coil?" Uh, and and I think that's an old enough vehicle or a new enough vehicle where it does have an ignition coil for each cylinder. And uh, if that's the case, yes, that's probably most commonly uh, what the problem is. Uh, 
the part that it says random misfire is kind of a bummer. Uh, you you would prefer for it to uh, actually identify which cylinder it is, which they can do. But if you bring it into the shop, I can put that on my computer. My computer can go. We can kick it out on a trust drive, and we can actually see each of the six cylinders and see which cylinder is misfiring, and uh, and then uh, you know repair replace something. As is appropriate. Most most commonly, you'll find that it's a spark plug or an ignition coil causing a misfire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Skip. Uh, let's go to Mound. Gene is there with a question uh, for Dan. Go ahead, Gene. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, 2008 GMC Canyon with that straight five engine in it. The other day, it ran horribly, and I checked the code, and it showed the crankshaft position sensor. Strangely enough, it cured itself, and it's been fine ever since. So my question is, do they those sensors sometimes have these anxiety attacks and then they're fine again, or is that gonna is it gonna wreck itself here at the worst possible time in the future? Yeah, I think you should plan ahead and have the have the sensor replaced for sure, and probably the connector also. Uh, and then when they're doing that, have them check, you know, make sure that it's not all oil contaminated if it's uh, if oil has leaked onto it. But but uh, we've seen where the connectors are problems on that, so I would replace the connector along with it. Okay, very good. Uh, off we go to Mon- Monticello. I think another Gene is there. Gene, you're on CCO with Dan. Yes, good morning. Uh, appreciate your show, gentlemen. Thank you. I, I have an older uh, vehicle that has been sitting for three years, let's say. I have a friend that would like to use it, but it has the old gas in it. Um, how do you address something like that so it doesn't cause problems, you know, in trying to get it running? Well, uh if it starts and runs on that gas, then the easiest and best thing for you to do is uh, just burn it out of there. Um, the The gas itself will not, I mean, at this point, the gas that's in the tank will not be all chunky or, you know, cause any future problem to the injectors or anything like that. Any of that 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 would be going on in the injectors or in the fuel system will already be there. So uh, if the car starts and runs and runs okay on that gas, then the best thing you can do is is uh, just go ahead and burn it out of there. Three years, yeah, the gas is you know probably uh, quotation marks bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's not it's not what it should be. But on the other hand, it it might be just fine. We've I had a an old um, uh, Lincoln in the shop that had been sitting for about 15 years. Wow. And uh, the gas smelled like terpentine. It smelled it really? terrible. But the car started and ran on it. It and, did. And he was able to burn that tank of gas out of there and, and uh, put some gas in. Now, if the car doesn't run right or, or you know, if you have trouble running it on that gas, then we certainly can drain it out of there. There's a way to... Uh, use the fuel pump sometimes we'll drain it out using the car's fuel pump or uh, sometimes there's access to uh, get something in there for some sort of pump to get the fuel out of there mm. but but uh, and and then the rest of the story is sometimes you don't even have to get it all the way empty if you just get it down or if it is just down a half a tank oftentimes adding new fuel to it will dilute it gonna dilute it yeah where it'll be fine right. texter says this dan uh, it's a uh, 2008 Pontiac Torrent. It says the timing cover gasket and crank are leaking. How bad is this? Well, uh, how how long is the string? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a relative question. If it's causing a mess on your floor, if it's uh, smelling like burning oil, 
if it's leaking enough to be a fire hazard, which, uh, believe it or not, uh, an oil leak certainly can be. Uh, an oil leak that gets back on the catalytic converter can get hard enough to ignite and and, uh, and, be, a, and be a fire hazard. So uh, if you're not seeing uh, any drips on the floor, if you're not smelling any burning oil, then uh, then it's probably okay. Uh, you know, somebody's making you alert to the fact that yeah. they see a leak, and, and uh, certainly our job is to repair leaks, so we have to tell you about that. But, uh, but if you're trying to just get by, uh, if you're not seeing a puddle, then, then it's probably okay. Okay. Texas, speaking of gasoline, uh, Texas says, is a tank of 93 octane occasionally good to clean fuel systems or no value? <laughs> so I assume the vehicle certainly, doesn't need 93 octane. Yeah, certainly um, uh, the gas manufacturers would certainly say that, that, yeah, the, yeah. that the higher octane, better quality fuel is uh, clean. It has a cleaning property to it. And um, I don't know that. Perhaps that's true. Uh, I, I'll go back to one of my common answers. Is if it makes you feel good, then you should do that. It's not that much money to uh, it's not that much money to add or to, you know to do that once in a while. Yeah. So uh, one thing though, as long as we're on the topic of fuel and octane, if your vehicle manufacturer recommends premium fuel. Um, Especially if you have direct fuel injection, use it. Use what the yes. manufacturer says. We are finding all sorts of problems with fuel injectors uh, where people are not using premium fuel when they're supposed to. Ah. And, uh, and it's causing trouble. So uh, if you chose to buy a car that requires premium fuel, then you better use it. All right. Uh, let's see. Here's a 2007 Subaru Outback. I have, Texas says, a rattling sound from the rear passenger wheel area, which occurs more when I drive over road chatter. It's been happening for more than six months. Doesn't seem to be getting worse. I'm pretty sure it's from outside the car. Yeah. Well, uh, most common um, rattle that doesn't seem to have much of an effect on the car from your perspective would be a, a sway bar link. And a sway bar is a bar that goes between the both of the rear wheels or both the front wheels. There's one front and rear. And it uh, it kind of connects them a little bit. In other words, it causes one wheel to respond a little bit to what the other wheel is doing. It's kind of a spring bar that they put between the two wheels. And they're connected with a, with a link. And those links are a ball joint. And that ball joint gets loose. Um, and that's what causes it to rattle going over bumps. So that's the most common thing to cause that. We have to fly. We have to go. Uh, will you be back next week? I will be. Okay. Yeah. How do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? You can give us a call at 651-228-1316. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call. It's, yeah. No, no. You already told you that. Give well, us that, a call. <laughs> that's okay. We are at 982 Grand Avenue. You come <laughs> on right. over. That's the best way. Is come right. on over and you'll find we'll, us. We'll see you there. All Thanks, right. Dan. We'll see you next week.